Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Movie Mastery, where your hosts, Jeff and John, I am John, my co-host Jeff is right here, are watching movies you suggest, and we will roll randomly to see what we watch every week. We don't know what we're doing, and we also have a podcast about it. That's the best kind of podcast. It's the kind of podcast where you have no idea what you're doing or why. Yep, where you just sort of go, hey man, I've got opinions about things I don't know about, and you want to hear them. And we're going to give them to you. Of course, today's movie was suggested by fan and listener, Pop-Tarts Ninja. So thank you very much for that, Pop-Tarts Ninja. So uh, first we watch the trailer, then we do a review. So we just finished watching a trailer for... What did we see? Your, the hunter from the future. Ah, my hunter from the future. No, okay. no, no, it's, it's your. You're the hunter from the future. I'm the hunter from the future? No, you're the hunter from the future. But who's on first? <laughs> I don't <Or> know. <laughs> Third base. Uh, so yeah, the movie is your Y O R the Hunter from the future, and we just watched the trailer, which seems kind of weird. Okay, so definitely Italian uh, looking. It it looks like the kind of movie that Mystery Science Theater just didn't quite get to. Notably, because there's no way to miss the star of this thing. Yeah, the star of this. The ever-famous Big McLarge Huge. Yeah, yeah, uh, Roll Fizzlebeef is the star of this film. Yeah, so uh, Reb Brown. Reb Brown, the star of Space Mutiny. And didn't we already watch a Reb Brown movie? Uh, did we? I feel like we... Well, no. No, no, we haven't yet. We were just excited about seeing it in, in something I just else. love seeing Reb Brown. It's so exciting to see Reb Brown come across the screen. Yeah, so uh, we've got the trailer for this. Has Reb Brown... Uh, according to the voiceover... It, it, like he got sent back in time? Yeah, he's a man from the future trapped in his past. So, uh, it kind of looks like... Alright, prediction time for this movie. It looks like uh, we've got bad guys from the future who are trying to, I guess, exploit caveman times? Apparently, or although, something? although there are also cave bad guys. There's at least one shot of like some blue guys running around that have oh, beards. Yeah. There's there's a bunch of dirty people running around. Yeah, there's, so there's some guy he throws a sword at. There's dinosaurs. And dinosaurs, I just put this out there, they look like parade floats. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really excited to see that. So he's a man from the future. He's probably like a secret agent that has to hide in the past or something. I feel like he probably got punished by going to the past or something? Because well, Notably, he doesn't have his cool future stuff. No, he doesn't have anything until there are a few shots of him and some cave people running around like a big future facility. Which, so I assume he finds a portal to the future. I gotta, I gotta wonder how many times Reb Brown in his career had to pretend that a old factory is like a spaceship or something. Honestly, it looks like the exact same place... From Space Mutiny. Yeah. There's a lot of weird pipes and stuff. Yeah, it's like an old it's like an old textiles factory or something. There's just gantries everywhere and pipes and everything's made out of old shitty concrete. Like when you go into the stairwell behind a movie theater. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's the future. That is what the future apparently looks like. Well, you know, that's been a thing for forever. We, you know, Remember watching Alien? Like the first Alien? You're like, oh my god, in the future, uh, spaceships are terrible. The spaceships are terrible, and there's water everywhere. There's water Why is it. everything moist Every, in this ship? Yeah, everything's moist. All the doors are giant, heavy, slammy things, and <laughs> and all the uh, all the monitors are less advanced than they are. And like even at the time of the film, it's just like, oh yeah, we just regressed into CRT scanner monitors. Everything shoots steam. Yeah, every, steam comes out of every. It's it's ridiculous. It's like the future for a lot of films, depending on how horrifying the film is, the future just gets worse and worse. Oh yeah. So, uh... <laughs> so in this case, the future is just shitty. Yeah, it's uh, a bunch of 
crappy old computer panels in what looks like a factory. Guys dressed like David Bowie. Yeah, so I... Alright, it's... Alright. Prediction for this is... I, I, I assume he's gotta be the son of, like... Either the leader or space cop or something like that that gets sent to the past. Then future people are in the past trying to get, I'm going to say, natural resources. Yeah, they're coming back in time to mine the natural resources and he has to stop them and save the noble caveman. Yeah, I I have to assume that he's going to stay behind at the end instead of go back to the future. Yeah. uh, Because he falls in love with some cavewoman. Yeah, okay. And let's see, what am I going to predict? I am going to predict that he doesn't remember that he's from the future. Because uh, he's in a cave suit. He's in like a cave. He's, there's a shot of him going, Bah! When he kills a dinosaur. Yeah, but he's gone full native. Yeah, so he's gone full native. So that's that's going to be. I'm going to guess that. I mean, he's clearly from the future and he's trapped in the past somehow, but I feel like he doesn't know. <laughs> so that's going to be my big guess. Okay. All right. And uh, anything else? Nope. Okay. Let's, uh, let's watch this movie. And while we do that, we're going to hit you with some musical stylings. Oh yeah, get ready for some Yours World. We found the theme song to Your the Hunter from the Future. This shit is amazing. Enjoy. Welcome, welcome back to, to your, mine, your podcast from the future. My, oh, my podcast from the future. You know, this, this will come out a couple days from now, so that's true. <laughs> it is. We are talking to the distant future. Ah, uh, future you, you're so lucky, you don't know about this yet. <laughs> <laughs> in the distant future of six days from now, people have forgotten about films made in 1983. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you're the hunter from the future, uh, is basically about a caveman fighting dirty people, and then randomly... Space stuff space happens stuff. At like the, the, near the end. There's some space stuff. But for the most part, it's just a caveman. First of all, he's, the movie opens with him running around those penis-shaped rocks that yeah. are famous in Turkey. It's, he's running around the dick rocks. The dick I think it's called Cappadocius, or the Cappadocia Mountain Ra- or Rock Range or something. That was a fucking clan in Vampire the Masquerade, the Cappadocians. I wonder but, if they were named after penis rocks. Did they have big penises or big rocky penises? No, or? They, they were necromancers. I don't know what that has to do with penis rocks. Could they, could they uh, raise something from the dead? Oh, it's my dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, my dick, of course, always suffering from a little rigor mortis, if you know what I mean, so I don't, that's not a problem for me, but... Uh, <laughs> my dick, always rotting off, so, you know. Other dicks my age. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, okay, so yeah, he starts out running. If, if you haven't heard of those, go look up the Cappadocia. It's a, it's an area in Turkey where a bunch of rocks have a, have sort of shaped over the millennia to look like penises. Yeah. It's, it's pretty great, and he's just 
the the opening is just they're playing some Yours World, that song you just heard the first like thirty seconds of. Go listen to the rest of it. Yeah, seriously, download an MP3 of that. Find that wherever you can. Yeah, if if it, I can just sell it for you right here. It's basically the Family Guy sort of foreign dudes joke, except they're singing a song. Yeah, it is one hundred percent. Guys were like, I just had five liters of beers. I speak English enough to do song for you. Yours world is the man. Stands in shadow of ancient blast. <laughs> Misty illusions hides his history. <laughs> his destiny is great. He never sees the sun. <laughs> he will escape from village to America. <laughs> Yours world. <laughs> Yours world, yours world, party time, excellent. No, there's, there's no party timing and no excellence to be found here. So, okay, Yor is just a caveman. He is from sort of cave times, although there's a twist. Ooh, and it has to do with his amazing dumb medallion. Which tells him that he is from another species? That That's kind of a consistent thing here. Like, okay, I know that eventually he's right, but it's like... It's like a player having knowledge of something they shouldn't have in a game. Because he's walking around, he's like, Yeah, uh, as a child, I had this necklace. That means I'm special. And I'm like, no, it means you have a fucking necklace. Yeah, you got a necklace there, buddy. And then, when he finally meets someone else with a necklace, he says, Obviously, we are of the same race, as we both have these medallions. Yeah, okay, (laughs) yes, I'm of the medallion people. Born with a medallion. We're the caveman people that have necklaces on. What is this, Dr. Seuss? (laughs) Yeah, they're star-bellied sneeches. <laughs> when you wear a medallion like this one, your toast always le- you always butter your toast side down. Yeah, the and the other thing is, who knows? Considering the species of people we see in this are regular humans, uh, blue hairy men. Yeah, they're kind of blue purple. They look kind of like the hairy Smurfs is what they look. They're like. hairy Smurfs, or they're that that girl from uh, Willy Wonka that got turned blue before she got yeah. inflated. Violet, Violet, you're turning Violet, Violet. Yeah, yeah, come on, yeah. Uh, and then we get weird mud people that are just dirty mummies. Yeah, they're just sort of <laughs> sand mummies, which I feel like they they had to know that that wasn't a good idea. I mean, this movie came out in 1983. Here's there's a window that exists in cinema history if you're going to watch bad movies. And that window is between 1977 and 1983. Ah. 1977, the first Star Wars comes out, changes everything. It looks insanely good. They have a symphonic score. It's super awesome. It sets the bar from that day forward. Yeah. 1983, Return of the Jedi comes out. Maybe not as good as the first two. Still amazing looking. Still amazing fight scenes in space. Cool looking aliens. What, what do you want? It's awesome. They got that Rancor fight in there. Great movie. Yeah. This movie also came out in 1983. So it knew about Star Wars. Uh, yeah. And yet. Yet it spends most of its time with uh, Reb Brown in a loincloth yelling at dirty people. <laughs> yeah. That is the plot of this movie. And he's just an asshole, too, isn't he? I mean, he's really a total asshole in this movie. All the way from start to finish. He starts... In the beginning, he's just in a loincloth running around penis rocks. But then, like... Okay, so he he saves a local cave girl, cave girl, and her from a like, dino ceratops. Yeah, it's like a tr- it's like a stegoceratops because it has the stegosaurus backplates, but it also has a triceratops head. Yeah, so it's a st- he saves them from a shitty looking paper mache stegoceratops, <laughs> and then drinks its blood and is like, here, drink the blood. Oh, it is drink just, it. It's just red water. Like it, it is it is the kind of 
like 80s squirt gun water that was invisible ink that you could shoot people in the shirt with and it would vanish. I have to imagine it was it was really strawberry flavored and he was drinking it and his character was supposed to be like, yeah, I love drinking blood. But he was like, oh, this is great. This Kool-Aid is the best. I really enjoy this blood. It's Sharkleberry Finn flavored. <laughs> <laughs> but look, yeah, it, so there's this, this stupid dinosaur is menacing these two people and here's the full range of the dinosaur's motion. It can go forward and then also back and slightly to the left. So it's like the shitty radio-controlled car that you would get from Radio Shack, you know, like the one that... It didn't have the four-wheel drive. It could go forward or back and to the left. Like, literally, I think this It was basically JFK. I'm pretty sure it actually was... (laughs) It was the Zapruder film dinosaur. (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure this thing was literally a parade float dinosaur mounted on a car. Oh, I... Well, you don't really see the feet until... It's dead and can't move anymore, so I have to assume they just attached those at the end. Yeah, they literally just had a car on set, and it was driving forward and backing up, and that's that was how they moved the dinosaur. Uh, you did get movement of the head. It was able to move the head back and forth, so good job, Maybe guys. Maybe they put a stick down through the, the windshield and just kind of waggled the head oh, a bit. Yeah. There's a, he kind of does a cool aerial flip over the horns, and then he stabs it a bunch of times. And finally, when he kills it, he goes, Whoa! Like he's really excited about killing it. Yeah, he's. I think he's trying to channel a Tarzan thing in this. Yeah, because I mean, given that we know from the trailer that he's supposed to be like I'm some future man, but I'm in the past. Well, it's so it's supposed to be kind of a Tarzan theme of oh, he's originally like his people are from a more advanced society, and he's gone full native, and that's why he's doing a Tarzan thing. Yeah, I feel like that's that's a. I mean, it's such an easy prediction. I mean, the movie is called Your the Hunter from the Future. Yeah, like, like there's no way he's not from the future. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna spoiler alert right now for everyone. He's not. He's not from the future. Well, not relative to the other people in the film. He is not from the future. All of them are from the same time period. What what he is from is, is he is from our future. Because here's your big spoiler alert. It's the future. The whole movie is set in the future, and a, a nuclear bomb went off, and it apocalypsed the world, and that caused dinosaurs. To come back. Yeah, apparently nuclear radiation revives dinosaurs and makes people blue. Also, it gets rid of all the human stuff. Like all the Earth's... Like there's no building remnants or ruins anywhere. Oh yeah, no, that that is 100% accurate. Which, depending on how far into the future after a a nuke war... You know what the half-life on plastic is? It's ridiculous. And styrofoam, it's insane. It's completely insane. The amount of time it would take for the Earth to reset itself to kind of clean off all of our shit is ridiculous. Humans wouldn't look like humans anymore. And yet here they are just looking like hot white people all over the world. Oh yeah, well that's one of the other things, is you can tell who's a good guy in this film by the amount of body hair they have. Yeah, oh my gosh. For a movie that was made by an Italian guy, he really... (laughs) It's the the good guys are all like like American white guys like I am from America yes and then and then the bad guys are like like this guy's uncles and shit it's just okay if you're a bad guy it's because you are either hairy or a different color than me yeah or dirty it's amazing yeah and then at the end the big bad guy is also a white guy yeah but he just has a dark he has dark hair so he's he's evil compared to the all blonde well, heroes. We, we don't know how much body hair he has. He's in that full suit. He's in a full suit, but we have to assume that is made of his full body hair because he's because <laughs> he's so evil. Yeah. What well, little known fact about Star Wars that Darth Vader suit is actually just his body hair. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker, real hairy. He's always talking about it too. It gets cut out of the movie, but he's always like, "I hate hair. It gets everywhere." And it's. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hubris. That's why uh, he shouts no. That's the hubris. 
Okay, so... <laughs> Alright, so he rescues these two people. Fine, let's get to the actual plot, I guess. Alright, so the Yor then gets invited. There's a wonderful scene where we get uh, some hot dancing action oh from my these God, cave ladies. That scene. Okay, so he rescues this woman, Kala, and her, like, like father-in-law or son and father-in-law because she's not married. Just her protector. Yeah, like, it's her protector. Her parents died yeah. and... Uh, what, what's his name? Pa- Pog? Pag? Pog. Somewhere between Pogs. Pag and Pog. He's a Pog. He's, so there's a... Sla- the... Slammer is taking care of her. Yeah. And uh, so I guess her parents died and he's the closest thing she has to a dad. Right. And he's he's like this old competent archer dude and he's, he's pretty cool. So they take him to this uh, caveman site and there's like... An important old caveman there, like a really old one with like a wispy beard. He talks like this. I am the wizened ancient of the people of the tribe. You can tell that I know what I'm talking about because I'm going to die now. Yeah, he sounds like he's just a smoker. Like, it doesn't, no one gets that old, like in caveman times. Oh, yeah. I'm That's, like, how did you get that? You have to be like 30, but you just melted along the way. Right, because the life expectancy for those people was like 28 years. Yeah. So how do you get to... It doesn't matter. He did. The, whoever made this movie didn't know. So anyway, there's a bunch of hot caveman woman dancing. And there's like six of them. And they're all dancing in this cool... And they're doing cool jungle tribal dances in their little outfits. And then Kala comes out, because she's the main character lady, in like like a full outfit. And she puts on stupid fake wings. And she does a dance... Oh no, she does. she's the only one not wearing the wings. And she does a dance that consists of standing in two poses and then kneeling in one pose... Oh yeah, the, the all the backup dancers are like, we actually know what we're doing, we're doing cool things, there's a lot of uh, more, looks almost like Hawaiian type uh, yeah, hula the, dancing, yeah. very interpretive in what they're doing, and then Kala comes out and is like, I'm doing the goth dance, where I just sort of shuffle around a little. Yeah, and then she vogues twice, and that's the end of that. Congratulations, good job, Kala, that everyone, is enough to get yours attention. Yeah, and then everyone like applauds her and shit too, like really, everyone's like, yeah, go Kala, that's... You, I, I gotta assume that she's like famous for being a terrible dancer in the tribe. They're, guys, we have to be real supportive of Kala because she's gonna do her stupid goth dance again. <laughs> uh, so during this wonderful celebration, though, the blue hairy cave people attack. Yeah, the blue meanies show up, and then they like drag off all the women and some of the men to make slaves of them. And Yor immediately gets super angry and starts fighting with them and hitting fire at them off fire poles and. Basically, yours fighting style in this movie is that he has a big stick, and he swings it as hard as he can. Yeah. He just baseball bats it over and over again. No, there's uh, there's no real choreography to anything in this. No. It's it, mostly just they went, all right, Reb, uh, just, just play fight with some people. And his idea of how to be an awesome fighter is, I'm going to swing this as hard as I can at everything. Yeah, if you're ever a, a, someone who partook in that that uh, fake sword fighting thing you get into when you're a teenager, you know, the uh, the Society for Creative Anachronism or just LARPing in the woods, whatever it is, and you know that one guy that you aren't allowed, can't let LARP with you because all he does is swing his goddamn sword around like a baseball bat and he hits everyone really too hard? That's what Reb Brown is doing in this movie. Yep. And you get the impression he's really doing it, and then everyone's just like, look, if he hits you, just pretend to die, because otherwise he's just going to keep hitting you. <laughs> just just lie down, pretend to die. It's, don't worry, it's fine, it's fine. Don't, just, don't approach him, he, he'll hit you with that fucking stick. Look, do not look Reb Brown in the eye, yeah. okay? He will go crazy. Yeah, this is part of the process. <laughs> he's, he's real method. He is your right now. You address him as your. <laughs> God. So anyway, he beats up a few of them, but they escape with some of the women. And then he vows to get back Kala. Yeah, because she got taken... And so it's basically just Pag and Yor are the only people left. And they are going to get Kala. 
They are not going to get the other cavemen. Now, now, I know that he's like, I want to go get Kala, but the other people are there, and you kind of get the idea that they're like, oh, we're going to do a rescue mission and try and get everyone. However, okay, first, he kills a giant bat to use as a hang glider, which, great, Oh, thanks. for no reason. For no, he's like, oh man, they have many guards. I must take them by surprise. And so he shoots a giant bat out of the sky, fashions a hang glider out of it, and then hang glides to the entrance of the cave where he kicks one of them. Yeah, good job that he lets go and begins fighting everyone. Yeah. That was useful. It did nothing. Amazing. But now we've got the... Like, Kala is out, and the, the blue meanies are being very rapey. Oh yeah, they're just sort of gesticulating and pointing at her and so on. So they're, they're well, there, clearly... Well, there's one who's like, you are my prize now. Yeah. And so he saves her from that, and they are running away over the worst constructed cave I've ever seen. It's like a video game. Oh, yeah. It's like, a, basically, Yor's big trick in this scene is he's trying to escape through this cave with, with Kala, and every time he comes to a bridge made of bones over a ravine full of more bones, he knocks the bridge down when he passes. Yeah, and it, it just keeps you know it's like oh that's a clever move that's Indiana Jones did that I remember that that's smart but he just keeps doing it he does it happens it three at times least, yeah at least three times he's like oh there's a rickety little ladder that goes across this giant hole I guess I'll walk across and knock the thing down yeah and then the cave people are like none of us foresaw anyone would ever do that however fucking thirty seconds later when he gets to the next hole they've already passed it so I'm like okay I guess they just have bone ladders lying around well that and those holes aren't really all that deep. I mean, they're like they're like eight feet deep. So all they're doing is just kind of leaning in there and getting their ladder and putting it back. <laughs> it's not really that big of a deal. Now, he gets to the end of the cave where there is a... Basically like a dam holding back a river. Now, here's a point in this movie where I have first realized you're as a giant douchebag. Because, at this point, in order to stop the blue meanies from getting to him, he breaks this dam, which causes a giant flood. And murders all of the Blue Meanies and every fucking villager from the village that he was just in. Yeah, he, he kills everyone except Kala. Yeah. And, and Pag, because Pag's not even in the cave. Yeah, because Pag was hanging around outside. Yeah, so now they were down to just two of those cave people. And the Blue Meanies didn't kill them. It was Yor. Yeah, Yor murders everyone. Yeah, he's a dick. Good job, Yor. Also, you did it. So they escape at this point and... I'm pretty sure this is when the episode ends, because this is very clearly the end of a show, at the start of another show, at the end of this scene. The whole movie is super episodic. Yeah. Because it's, it's a whole bunch of, there's a problem, we solved that problem. There's a problem, we solved that problem. Yeah, and no continuing characters between them. Yeah, you get, uh, it's the, the next time we see them, they're going into the desert to find Well, they're hanging something. out at those penis rocks. And again, Cal and Pag are just with him now. They're just they're just his buddies, and they even start they start at the base of those random penis rocks from the from the beginning. And yours like this is my home because I am your of the hills or something, and, and they're like, well, we will go with you forever, your, because I clearly am super hot for your bones. Yeah, I I have to stay with you because if I ever get on your bad side, you're probably gonna murder me. Yeah, like you do everything. <laughs> if you see a hotter girl than me, you'll murder me to save her from something. <laughs> You'll, you'll skin me so that you can use your blood to boil her a soup. Huh? So, at this point, they start going into an irradiated desert. Yeah, they go into an ancient desert, and there's, like, sand people there. They, their weapon is fire on a stick. Yeah, they're all fire people. They worship a fire god, which 
never comes up. No, they just, we're the firemen of the fire god. We fight with fire on the end of a stick, and we're, we all look kind of like mummies. Yeah, we're all dirt mummies. Yeah. Okay. But your leaves Kala and Pag behind for no reason. So he just says, here, you two, sit at this rock, and I'll be back in two days. Don't go anywhere. And they leave, and Kala, first her first question is like, is he actually going to come back? Like, that would, like, why would he come back? That seems dumb. And Pag's like, because he is noble, and that is his way. Yes, I've known him for about half of a day now and watched him murder everyone I know. He's a he's a good noble guy. He'll be back. Yeah, he's definitely coming back for us. I mean, not to murder us, too. No, no definitely he's, not. He's probably going to rape you, but, but th- that means he'll only murder me, so he's not going to murder us. Yeah, there's no us murder here. Yeah, no, he's... He's definitely not a horrifying savage with a, with a ridiculous blonde 80s haircut. <laughs> oh my god, his hair is amazing. His hair is the best. It's like a waterfall. I love it. Like, it's impossible that he's a caveman, right? Like, there is no way that they didn't get him directly off of Venice Beach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was 1983, and he was roller skating down either Venice Beach or the south of France. And they were like, hey, you, you want to get in this car and be a movie star? And he was like, yes, I do. I like to imagine that he was also in his little fur loincloth while he was rollerblading. They didn't even need to give him an outfit. <laughs> yeah. He's just roller skating down Venice Beach in a loincloth. And then he became famous. Yeah. The, store of, the story of Reb Brown. <laughs> okay. So, uh, the, the sand mummies take them into their cave where he meets the only person that doesn't look like a sand mummy and is a hot 80s chick... Who also has a medallion like he does. She, she's a hot from like an Italian movie 80s chick. She has well, that look. That kind of blonde Jane Fonda hair. Yeah, well you get that. I'm a hot 80s chick that is... That means I have huge hair and, I don't know, probably weird jeans giant and giant eyes. shoulder pads. Yeah, well, giant, well except she's wearing, a loin, <laughs> she's wearing a loin bikini. So she's got like... The she, loin bikini? Yeah, she's wearing the loin bikini. <laughs> Because loin is the important word out of loincloth. Yeah. You, yeah. I guess you could call it a fur bikini. You could. And be you right. You could do you that. You could do that and be right. But loin <laughs> but loinkini is way better. Uh, also, good. one of those coming back into fashion. Ladies, wear some loinkinis. Come on, man. That's what that's what all the fellas want this summer is the loinkini. Well, now, if it's the 80s, like we're talking like this movie, the thing I want is the one-piece bathing suit with a zipper in the front. Yeah. That's the hottest bathing suit that ever existed. Ever. Ever. Completely. You know, I, the reason it fell out of style is because it was, like, so high-waisted that, like, real human women can't wear them. <laughs> but they were still the sexiest bathing suit that ever existed. Yes, this has been Bathing Suit Mastery with Jeff. <laughs> what, you aren't going <laughs> to chime in on this and tell me what the hottest bathing suit is? No. There is no hot bathing suit. The, the there female is only form Zool. is dirty. <laughs> it's unclean. <laughs> the hottest bathing suit is a modest gown fit for church. Yes, I need you in many layers of petticoats. <laughs> or uh, a loinkini. Or a loinkini. One of those. Pick one. So we get uh, the medallion lady who... Oh, that's right. She has a medallion. Yeah. So the medallion lady is their queen... Be oh, God or something? Well, they're like, oh, you're you're our new queen because you fell from, like, the sky. And I, like, all of her uh, companions are encased in ice. Yeah, they're just and in are slowly, solid ice. slowly melting. And so the reason they're like, oh, you're a god or whatever is because the ice melting is bringing them water and there's no water out there. So they're like, oh, you are the bringer of water. Good Great, you're the leader now. Good job. So Reb is amazed. Uh, Yor is amazed because this woman has a medallion, just like his, which means that she's a member of the medallion people. Yeah, obviously he's like, oh my god, 
I have found you. You're one of my people. We are the same species, you and I. We are different from all these other humans we keep meeting because we have necklaces on. Yep, that's it. And the there's a bunch of people with necklaces in the ice, and he's like, look, see? There's like three more people with necklaces. That means we're an entire race. Yeah, it's, all these you people. You know, one person with a necklace, that's just a guy with a necklace. Two, maybe a coincidence. Five, that's a new race. Really important to note that all the people frozen in ice with necklaces also wearing loincloths. Also, of course. Yeah, they're in they're in fur, fur uh, bathing suits again because they are also loincloth medallion people. So just keep that in your head. That's going to go in your back pocket. Now, uh, let's see. This is one episode of the story. The story of Enna, the other woman he meets. And so he kind of has the hots for her because he's like, sweet, another lady of my species. Oh, and yeah. uh, convinces her to make it so that, like, she'll betray the dirt mummies. And then they fight them. He, yeah. he immediately, like, he's, she's like, don't worry, I will betray these dirt mummies and we will leave them and we'll be fine. And I will come with you because you're another person of the same species as me and I have no reason not to go with you, even though I have a cushy life in this cave. Yeah, and I feel like she knows what's going on because they landed and everyone in the ice and everything is like full grown we know from the uh later in the movie that she comes from the island where everyone else is the island of people who still have some technology and she doesn't say anything she does tell them which way to go she kind of says we must head we must head towards this like the ocean yeah and she's like there's a place where the ocean goes and there is a place of constant storm but you're being like hey you're the, you're the same as me. We have a medallion. And she didn't just go, yes. Like, we are both from an island over here. There's tech there. You don't understand what's going on. Let yeah. me fill you in. She, has... she was just like, oh, let me let me be as vague as possible about things. There's, there is a land of our people on, a, on an island to the east. Ooh. And you're like, okay. Yeah, that's all she gives him. And it's like, she either knows more or she's got, she got like less bonked on the head than he did. Yeah, because I don't feel like she actually doesn't remember anything like Yor does. And Yor was left as a kid, so you're you're at least getting that sort of Tarzan thing from him. Yeah. Okay, so she goes with them. They fight off all the stupid dirt mummies, and Yor gets a giant metal flaming sword from nowhere. Because again, the dirt mummies fight with a, fight with sticks that are on fire. Yeah, they look. It looks like they're fighting with candelabras. Yeah, and Yor up until this point has been fighting with a big wooden club. But in the cave, he gets a big on-fire black sword, and he uses that to fight them off, and then for the rest of the thing, he has a black sword. Yeah, and he throws the black sword through a dirt mummy, which is great. Yeah, but it's like, where did that come from? If they have big wooden or big awesome swords, why aren't they using them? Well, I think they, they put it originally on an altar, and I think it's part of their ceremony that uh, the on-fire sword is a symbol of their fire god. Uh, sure. Okay, well, anyway, he, he kills them all. Because he's your the biggest jackass in the world. Yep, Yor commits one more genocide. Yeah, yeah, he's got to get one more done. And then uh, he leaves, and he takes Enna with him, because he has the hots for Enna, and he brings her over to Kala, and he's like... Kala immediately is like, Oh, you, I don't, I don't like you. You're oh, you're next to my man. Yeah, another, another woman on my man. That's what happens. That's the story in this movie between the two of them. And it's it's accurate because Yor immediately sleeps with with Anna. Immediately. They get to camp in the first place, and she goes and sits by a river in soft focus, and she's like, I'm ready for 80s sex. <laughs> and he's like, boy, howdy, so am I. Hello there. Are you ready for 80s sex in the 70s style? <laughs> and then they have 80s sex in 70s fashion. 
And then she's just sitting by the river, and Kala shows up to attack her. Yeah, Kala's like, well, I'm going to murder you now. Yeah, I'm going to murder this guy. Oh, see, and that's how we know that Kala is the perfect match for Yor. Yeah. Is that she deals with all of her problems with murder. Yeah, uh, and and this is another Yor's a huge asshole moment for me, because, like, why is he bringing Kala along with him? What, what What was the... Is he just being nice... Because he, he, at the end of the first one, kind of makes out with her a little bit. Yeah, First and, he- section, anyway. So, in addition, they get attacked at this point when... So, Cal is going to try and kill Enna, and then they get attacked by more blue meanies. Yeah, but blue guys show up again. In the only uh, moment in this movie where the same character shows up twice. And, uh, you know, Yor fights them off, kills them, but poor Enna gets stabinated and is dying. Yeah. Uh, and then they immediately make up. Like, Cal is like, oh, I'm sorry, you were a good person. I shouldn't have tried to murder you. And I can only say that because you're dying anyway. Yeah. So, but at that point, Kala and Yor get together. And Yor's like, oh, yeah, no, it was always you, Kala. Enna meant nothing to me. It's, yeah. You're the one that I want. You're a, Enna, or a, Kala is my woman. I have a woman, and she is Kala. Also, anytime I am not near her, I have no woman. We live in the distant future where where wedding rings aren't a thing, so we're cool. <laughs> huh? Uh, yeah, ladies. Yeah. He's just an asshole. Yeah, spends the entire movie, like, essentially just womanizing and murdering. Yeah, mur- killing minor inconveniences. Yep. And then, uh, so that basically ends the second episode, which is uh, Anna and the Dirt Mummies. And that begins the third episode, which is Yor meets the fi- the uh, the fisherman people. Yep. And uh, I'm gonna go ahead and throw this out there. Spoiler alert: fucking fisherman people die because anything Yor gets near explodes. At least he doesn't kill these. This is the weirdest part of the story. He, him, they they get to a beach, and Cal has never seen a beach before because she's walked for two days now, which is farther than she's ever walked. That makes sense. Yeah, uh, it actually does. That's insular caveman behavior. That's fine. So she sees the beach, and she's freaking out about the beach and putting her feet in it and so on. And then they see some other people, so they follow them into a cave. And those people... Well, they, they hear the, dinosaurs. the cave people, like, yelling. Yeah. And, and there's there's another di- car dinosaur in there. There's, and a, there's a fucking Dimetrodon it's in a, there. Yeah, it's a, it's a way too big Dimetrodon. Yeah. And, and it, again, it looks like a paper mache Dimetrodon attached to the same body that the Triceratops had sitting on the same car. So, so they just swap the head and the fin out. Yeah, they do that uh, when we want to make something be menacing, but we have no budget, and you just do that weird zoom in and out on the face of the monster yeah. to be like, it's attacking! Yeah, on a Dimetrodon, which uh, just not all that threatening of a dinosaur. It's uh, it's like they just couldn't think. I mean, look, if you think about it, the two dinosaurs in this movie, the Dimetrodon is the more threatening of the two, because the Triceratops is, is herbivorous. Yeah. At least a Dimetrodon ate meat, but it's it's like early early dinosaur it's it's not that big it's not that fast it's kind of like an alligator yeah but so, whatever eh. but they're being menaced by it and yor comes in and screams a bunch and beats the shit out of does it does the exact same move to kill it and then he's like oh there's another one coming we can't stay here to feast on its choice meats we have to leave <laughs> oh, i had forgotten oh yeah in the beginning of the movie when he kills the fucking triceratops thing he's like yes and now we will feast upon the choice cuts of meat yeah, it's the first thing he says to to a Pag. Pag, by the way, still here, never leaves. Just good, good Pag, friend Pag. Just hanging out, good shooting old, things. He's, he's got a bow and arrow, and it makes a funny noise whenever he shoots it. Yep. It goes, uh, like, it goes like, funk. <laughs> um, anyway, the uh, he kills the Dimetrodon, and even though he wants to stay and cut the choice cuts from it, they have to escape to this fishing village on the other side of the cave. And it's all just grass huts, 
and fucking very, again, very Hawaiian. They've got, like, the little lays that they're wearing, and they're like, oh, hey, welcome to our fishing village. Yeah, and he rescued... great. He rescued a hot girl and her brothers. And, again, Kala, looking at the hot girl, is like, ooh, this bitch better not touch my man. Well, she's, she's almost cool with it for a while. And then the first thing that happens when they get to the, to the uh, fishing village is the guy who's in charge of the fishing village, who's a handsome man with a cool beard... He comes out, he's got a cool, like, 80s beard. He doesn't have a caveman beard. No. He comes out and he's like, hey, you rescued my daughter. That means you get to fuck her. <laughs> That's got, the you, rules. You want, you want my daughter for fucking for the rest of her life? No, doesn't wor- don't worry about it. It's fine. That's the way our crazy society works. Here, put your cave keys in this cave fish bowl. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. But And, and uh, at that point, Cal is like, uh-uh, I'm going to kill that bitch. And, and then Yor has to step in and be like, look, uh, I'm with Kala. Uh, she's the only woman for me. I I don't want to marry your daughter. And then, like, Kala leaves, and I just imagine that he's like, oh my god, do not mention shit around her. She is crazy. She will murder your daughter. Also, also I will. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck your daughter now. Because <laughs> Kala left for for like a second. Give me, give me just like, like a couple minutes. Yeah, we're good. I, I mean, I, I'm glad that you're giving her to me for life, and I'll probably check in on that, you know, like, whenever I can get away on like a business trip. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I'll be right here. I'll be up in your daughter. <laughs> Just, I need you to know right now. We need to keep this on the DL because I want to fuck your daughter, but I don't want her to get murdered by the other girl I'm fucking. We're gonna do this for like three, four years until I can find a younger one. All right? That's, that's <laughs> okay. Okay. That's that's how your plays it. <laughs> that's the way your does. Ah. <laughs> uh. So anyway, the the, uh, the fisherman people tell them a real uh, a story about how recently. A mighty iron bird came and attacked them, and then it exploded nearby. Yeah, and that was as the god came down, and they they are always praying all the time because they think they killed a god, and they are going to anger the other gods because the big metal ship fell. And left like a big mother-of-pearl-looking cave nearby. So they go to investigate the cave... And there's, there's a radio. There's a yeah, a plastic radio is the only thing left. It's a sand pit with a with a uh, a plastic radio in it. And then this is one of my favorite parts in the movie. Uh, they find a sand pit with a plastic radio that doesn't work, and they don't want to touch it because the gods are angry about it. And then they decide to go back to the fishing village. But Yor and Pag decide to leave their weapons in that cave huh. for no reason. They just go, "Let's put our weapons here." Yes, that is a good idea, Yor. We will put our weapons in this cave full of sand and, and radiation. And then the the radio that previously hadn't been doing anything, comes to life and is like, yeah, we're going to bomb the target now. We've got target in sight. And then the fishing village gets shot by UFOs you don't see. Yeah, this happens at night, and the reason that we know that the radio talks is because Pag goes, you know, I should probably go get those weapons I left in that cave. (laughs) That's why I was mentioning it. Because literally, he leaves the weapons in the cave around 3 in the afternoon, and then he comes back around 6 to get them again. Like he was just giving them their union break or something. Huh? Huh? Like, oh, weapons can't have them between three and six. That's uh, you know, that's local caveman's forty-one. Yeah, that's yep. that's a thing. Got to do that. Got to set those down. Go get some lunch. Get some. Let's head down to Pastrami Sam's. Get the get the choice cuts. Get the choice cuts of pastrami. But uh. now he comes into the cave to get the weapons again, and the radio bur- bursts to life and goes, "Oh, UFOs will come and destroy that shitty village." Because they fucking suck or something. And then lasers come in from the left of the screen and destroy the, spa- the village. And yeah, you do not see any ships. Yeah, you get, like, some sound of ships being around. You get lasers coming from off screen. But they did not have the budget to show any of these ships. Nope, not so at all. It's just people like, oh, 
Those metal birds are back! Just off screen! Oh, it's so terrifying! And so advanced! And then, yeah. (laughs) What are these things? Our primitive cave brains cannot comprehend it! And our primitive cave cameramen can't point cameras at them! (laughs) And then, okay, they destroy the village, the whole village is on fire, and Yor, whose only reason to come to this village was to borrow a boat so we could sail across the ocean to the island where all the storms are, so we can find where his people are from. Because that's all he gives a shit about. Yeah. So once the village is destroyed, they're like, Yor, you're the most virile man in the world. You have to stay here and help us build this village you're, again. You're going to be our king now that our king got vaporized. And he's like, no, just give me the only boat you have left. They're like, yeah, okay, that sounds good. Yeah, you can have our only boat. <laughs> sure, this is the only boat we have, and we are a fishing village, but okay, Yor... You take it. You, take, you need it more. You take our only boat so you can take it beyond our concept of where the world ends. That seems great to us. That's a good idea. I'm behind it. Good job, everyone. We did it. It's because they know what happened to the last two civilizations he met. <laughs> they That's know. what it is. They're like, they got please the ca- either be our leader or leave. Yeah, they're like, they got on Cave Facebook. They know. <laughs> Cave Facebook, by the way, is Friendster. So they were on Friendster. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So they get on Friendster and the people are like, sand mummies are like, oh my god, this fucking guy. If a mulleted blonde guy comes to your village, just let him take your hottest woman. <laughs> just just let him do it. Just don't even argue with him. Just hottest woman goes with him. That's that's the way it works. Like, he Actually, he's killed three civilizations at this point. Because he's killed off regular good cave people, blue guys, sand, sand mummies. Yep. So at this moment... He's, and he's done his best to murder... Well, he didn't at least murder them... But he has done his best to ensure that they will die. Yeah, by taking their only fishing boat. Yeah, so <laughs> he doesn't destroy them immediately so much as doom them to probably starvation as most of their people are dead and he took their tools for supporting themselves. Yep. Good. Yeah. Just, Good, you're just an asshole. The fact that he didn't also rape their hottest woman is amazing. Yours world, he's the man. Yours world, he's the worst. Uh, okay, that's so the story of your. Now it's time to go to an island. Right, because this is the end of the third episode of this movie. Yeah, so he gets on a boat and leaves. Yeah. New episode. A new episode starts, and it's a storm, and it's scary. Oh no, a storm. Their tiny ship was rocked. You know, if it wasn't for the courage of that fearless crew. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the only boat that kept a civilization thriving would be lost. Yeah. So, they kind of get shipwrecked and separated. Yeah, and so yours, yours on his own. Yeah, yours thrown off somewhere, and then uh, Pag and Kala are off somewhere else. And your immediately encounters a Darth, Darth Vader. Vader robots? A, a, Dar- a bunch of Darth Vaders. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of slow, clanky Darth Vaders on, on the island of misfit Darth Vaders. <laughs> it's amazing because it's true. Yeah. So, the the Darth Vader bots... Capture Yor, and then he gets put onto what looks like a giant version of the uh, the fly tape that you put up to capture flies. Yeah, yeah. And also, he punches one of their heads off, so we know they're robots. Oh, yeah. We have to know that they're robots, so that way when he murders all of them, it doesn't really count. <laughs> yeah. But, but just so we know they're robots, because if they didn't get one of their heads punched off, he'd be like, why is everyone on this island walking around all slow in Darth Vader costumes? Oh, it's because they're robots. Of yeah, course that, they are. that makes more sense, because everyone knows that robots are all slow and clanky. Yeah, which, you know, would have been an amazing reveal... Had this not been You're the Hunter from the Future, at this point, had it just been called You're the Hunter, and the trailer wasn't like, You're is a guy from the future, there's robots and stuff. 
then at this point you would have gone, holy shit, what the fuck, there are robots? What's going on here? Yeah. That would have been a good twist. I- instead, all you hit at this scene is you going, oh, finally. Yeah, you're like, Jesus Christ. It is like three quarters of the way through this film and we've finally gotten to a point where there's anything besides cavemen. Yeah, so you're like, oh shit, look at that, robots. Finally, shit's about to get real. So he gets captured and he has to... Yeah, they put him on like a flypaper thing. And uh, some like doctor is scientist, like, yeah. I need to scan your shenanigans. Oh my god, you're genetically awesome for some reason. You're genetically perfect and you're one of our people. Yeah, you're you're genetically not fucked up. Like, I assume that they're probably all fucked up from... Like, they survived the, the Holocaust of nuclear war and... So most of them, I have to imagine, have some sort of impurities. Uh, probably, although let's get this out of the way. The people, the modern day people are all wearing David Bowie-looking hazmat suits. I mean, they really just kind of look like Zardoz people. Yeah, like they've the got... Zardoz future people. They are definitely... They look like what the 60s movies thought future people would look like. Yeah, yeah. Bullet haircuts. And they've, like, sort of shiny suits that are one piece, a little larger than they should be. One-piece giant white puffball suits with belts on them. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of thing. And, and she's like, yeah, you're a genetically perfect person. And then she reveals his origin story, which is basically like if Superman's parents had had a helicopter instead of a, uh, a rocket ship. <laughs> they were, he was like... Your parents decided they wanted to escape from the cruel rule of the overlords, so they, they packed away their only baby and then sent him far away in a canoe or something. And that's why you were far away in a, with your medallion. Yeah, because also you would have that medallion for some reason. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the story of, yeah. of yours, that his parents are from this this society and didn't like it, so they left. And then they died and he was raised as a caveman. Yep. Good job. Okay. Sure. And then, oh my god, and then, uh, she reveals to him where pa- pa- uh, Pag and Kala are. Yeah, and she's like, here, let me, we've got the whole island under surveillance. There they is. They're hanging out with some more people dressed like me. Don't worry about that. They're gonna be fine until you need them. Those are the rebellion. The rebellion against the evil Overlord, who is a guy named Overlord. Yeah, he's a guy named Overlord who is dressed like Emperor Palpatine. So we have the Overlord, who is Palpatine, full of Darth Vader robots fighting a rebellion. Thanks, Yor. Okay, so the Overlord is a middle-aged guy with a pretty sharp-looking, like, like uh, General Zod beard. And uh, he is dressed like Emperor Palpatine with one metal gauntlet, and he can teleport. Yeah, I, and the teleporting thing sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. Like, when it first goes, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna go down here and taunt you, and then you'll try to attack me, and I'll teleport. And then I'll go over here, and I'll teleport. But then there's a point where they attack his base... And they are trying to fuck it up, and they've got, like, an explosive, and they're going to blow up a thing, and they're going to get rid of the, like, core that this place has, and he can't teleport to where the bomb is to get rid of it. He's oh, like, well, oh, because, I've got to try it and get to this thing. Because extreme tertiary character, guy in one of those white puffy suits, who is talking over the radio to him at the time, has said, we have shut down your machines. You can no longer use their many powers. <laughs> so he can't teleport at that point. Oh, okay. Because another guy has, has uh, like the, I, I like to think of him as the, the narrator of the movie, finally revealed. He's just another guy in one of those white puffy suits, but he's a little older, and he's kind of like the leader of the rebellion. Honestly, at this point, I kind of checked out of the movie. Yeah. Because... It didn't matter. Like, at least the rest of it, you're like, okay, he's doing cool caveman things. But here it's just, I'm I'm an overlord, and I've got a weird plan. Oh, What's your weird plan? plan? Is, oh, God, I'm going to clone the offspring of Yor and Kala, 
in order to make clones for me that will be subservient to my will, and I'll repopulate the Earth with subservient clones. His plan is to take the two of them and combine their DNA to create the genetically perfect human. He's already determined that the two of them are what will make the genetically perfect human. Uh, uh, Kala and, and Yor. Which, of course, is why he shot lasers at the village they were in. Oh, yeah. yeah and obviously, duh. he knew that. And that's why, I don't know, he didn't care when she got almost murdered by the Blue Meanies. Yeah, he doesn't. He didn't even know about them. I, I don't know. But anyway, he, he pops... It really reeks of a movie that needs to end. Because he pops in and he's like, uh, I will take the genetics of both of you to create the genetically perfect person. And then I will have that person's DNA implanted in my hybrid robots. And he unveils some green Darth Vaders, which are just slightly different. And he's like, these green Darth Vaders are different robots. And they will become hybrid human robot clones who will be subservient to my will. Yeah, great. What? Hybrid and- human clone robot green Cave, cave men? Yeah, no, this is this is 100% like a Stephen King ending. Yeah. Where he got to the very end and was like, oh, fuck, how do I, how do I end this? Uh, uh you oh, fight a giant spider. You get superpowers from the mentally disabled person you knew. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's terrible. Yeah. So at this point, the rebellion sort of takes over. We get Red Brown doing what Red Brown does best, which is... Getting a laser gun and running through a factory. Yeah, running through an old factory that's supposed to be something else and shooting dudes. And then there's a big important scene where he has to swing across an open gap to drop a bomb. And then Pag helps him by doing an acrobatic, like, he does some flying grace and shit. Like, Pag, (laughs) who is like a 60-year-old fat caveman, is like hanging by his knees from this gantry swing thing and manages to rescue Yor and swing him over and all this. And it's supposed to be the big climactic moment in the movie is, Can Pag swing to Yor? Yeah, yes. yes he can. Yeah, the, there you go. And then a, an old man from the Rebellion manages to get his ass up on the microphone, and he's like, Listen, Overlord, your ideas are shit, and no one wants hybrid clone future robot cavemen hunters. So we've shut down your machines so you can't have them. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Cavemen get the Earth now. We suck anyway. We're going to blow up this island. We're blowing ourselves up, and we're blowing up this island. But yours going to escape in the only spaceship in town. And so he goes, Yor at this point just sort of runs down a hallway with Pag and Kala and the scientist lady. And then the next shot is the launch of a spaceship from the Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> like it's the Triangle Tube launch. They remember from the old Black? Yeah. yeah, it's that shot. The Triangle Tube and they go flying out of it. And then the spaceship comes out and there's an explosion and the spaceship's flying through the air. And it flies away from the island which explodes. And then there's a shot of it flying into the sunset. Freeze frame. Cut to this line. <laughs> the voiceover comes back And it says Yor would use his superior technology To ensure that the people of the world Did not repeat the mistakes of the past Can he succeed? Credits Great uh, Well we'll never know if he can succeed Because he's gonna die in, I mean probably Maybe 10-15 years Because he's a caveman And even if he doesn't Even if he lives to the ripe old age That like Pag and some of the other people got to That's still... I don't know, several thousands of years before we even get regular technology developed? Here's the thing. No one three generations separated from from Yor will remember who he is. Yeah. The cavemen didn't work that way. They didn't have written language. We don't know our own great-great-grandfathers. We don't know who they are because that's that's how human memory works. He will do nothing. I mean, he'll he'll center a religion around himself because he has a spaceship. Oh, yeah. He'll show up and be like, I'm your, and I'm your god now. I'm your god. <laughs> your god of the future. And 
fucking, let me just say how much I hate that goddamn title, because he is not from the future, he is from the present. He is from the future, he's from the future of us. No, no, he's from their present. <laughs> but for us, he's from the future. We don't know that, that could have been our past if oh, yeah. we had made different choices. an alternate timeline story? Sure, yeah. I, I guess. Yeah, the, no, the, the title is terrible, the movie is terrible. Is that, are we safe to say? I was so pissed because I wanted it to be a neat time travel thing. Like, if you're gonna have cavemen versus space-age dudes, that's almost an interesting story. And the trailer is probably about 70% future of him stuff. fighting future guys, which is only the last part of the movie. It's like the last 10 minutes of the film. And... When I was looking at the trailer, I went, alright, this is Super B-movie, obviously. Yeah. But at least it's gonna be a, like, oh, the noble cavemen are doing this, led by our future savior, who's, I don't know, weird time traveler guy, and we're gonna have time shenanigans, but no. No, no. Time had nothing to do with it. It's so annoying. Also, I really don't like the way the movie ends on the, can he succeed question. I'm like... Fuck you, movie. You're not an educational film about cheating from the 50s. I don't... Don't ask me. We're gonna pause the film at that point and have a discussion. All right. Now, children, what do you think you're did wrong? Oh, shoot. I'm it. pretty sure it was uh, genocide. genocide. The genocide and lots of it. <laughs> so much. Yeah, he, he genocided on a 40 scale in a movie from the 80s. Huh. Go get him, Yor. Yeah, good job, Yor. You did... Everything that you could ever want to do, which is, I don't know, fuck bitches and murder people. M- yeah. Smoke trees. Oh my god, this was so annoying. Alright, John, so this was an 80s Italian sci-fi pa- past action thriller. Yeah. Alright, ma- let's, let's break this down. Uh, Jeff, what would you say in this movie was your favorite part of the movie? What would you say was the high point of your The Hunter from the Future? Uh, I'm going to go with the opening sequence, because it's got that music playing. It's got that your... It's got them dick rocks. Yeah, that, that's, that yours world song is playing, and you got them dick rocks behind your... And it's just a, 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 a well-muscled gentleman running around on some rocks for no reason. And it's cl- he's really just running around for no reason, because it's shots of him running in every direction and skipping up the rocks and jumping back down them, and he's just like, Wee! These rocks are fun! Most people aren't allowed out here because these things are fragile, but I'm a big old famous celebrity! I'm Reb Brown, and they picked me up at Venice Beach an hour ago! They wouldn't <laughs> let me ride my skateboard out here! Uh, huh? uh. And, and that part was great, before anyone started talking or anything, so I like that. Okay. And also that garbage song, which... That I have way more forgiveness in my heart for the song than I do for the film. Yeah. Yeah. John? Which, my favorite part of that movie is going to be just the song. They play it at the beginning, they play it at the end. Yours World, amazing. Yeah. I absolutely love... Whoever made that song, good job. You did it. You managed to make a movie that was just shit into a movie that was shit with a good song in it. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? I, I don't even know who wrote that song. I, I'm looking at it right now on YouTube, and... Oh, here we go. It's by Guido. Guido wrote that song. Oh, awesome. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, low point. Low point of the film for you. Uh, well, let's see. I, I, I said the very beginning. I'm going to go with the very end. The sequence where it just freeze frames as he flies away in a spaceship. Freeze frame. And, and if it played freeze frame, it would be the high point of the film for me. Freeze frame. Oh yeah. Freeze frame. No, if it was 
if, uh. if it ended on uh, Freeze Frame, it'd be a way better song or movie. True, be a little more Jay Galsy, which is what you really want. And uh, anyway, I'd say the very end. I don't like the freeze frame. I don't like being asked whether or not we think he will succeed. And it's just the movie was just oh, shit. it's a super cop out. It was. It was just we ran out of time, folks. That's the end. It was like Monster a Go Go level ending. <laughs> John. Okay, I think the the definitely the lowest point for me has to be when uh, Ina dies, and it's just you're going. Yeah, yeah, baby, it was you. It was you all along. You're the one that I wanted. You, you're you're my lady now. I'm like, oh, fuck you, you're... You piece of shit. You are, like, up until this point, I could go, okay, maybe he didn't realize that if he had caused that flood, he thought, like, oh, this will just wash away my pursuers. He didn't realize it was going to kill everyone. I can almost go, all right, you didn't realize that. Then he kills all of the fucking dirt mummies, and I'm like, okay, but they were trying to kill him. Self-defense. Okay. Okay. But then it gets to that point, I'm like, you're, you are garbage. You are a fucking trash heap of a man. Yeah, you're just terrible. You never do anything good in this movie. You're just, you're just a piece of shit from start to finish. You're a, you're a racist rapist. (sighs) Yeah. Fuck you, you're, get fucked. Yeah. Okay. I don't want him to succeed. No. What would you say? Oh, it's up to you. Ask me. Yeah. Okay. So now, uh, at this point, we're going to break down the score for this, the way that works is we are going to do it out of 10. Each of us is going to give a score, 1 to 5. Add those together. That is going to be the movie's final rating. The official only rating you'll ever need for a movie. We are 100% accurate at all times. This is not at all something that you can disagree with. This is the correct score. So, out of 5, Jeff, what do you give your The Hunter from the Future? I'm going to give this movie 7 thumbs down out of 17 thumbs. <laughs> That's my new rating system I just invented. Them thumps. Them thumps. <laughs> I'm going to give this movie... I, I hate to say this because I feel like I should always give a movie with dinosaurs in it at least a 2. Because you know huh. it's got dinosaurs in it and dinosaurs are amazing. But this didn't have dinosaurs in it. This had parade balloons in it for 2 seconds. <laughs> this movie gets 1 and should feel ashamed of itself. And that's the end of that. Alright, good. Uh, for me... I I'm gonna go with a one and a half. Oh, we're we're allowed to do halves. That's yeah, I'm gonna, gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a half. That's gonna change my ratings in some of these movies. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to one and a half because it's got at least a little bit of a plot to it. Now it may have a terrible, unlikable main character, mm-hmm. and the plot may have been infuriating to me, but it did have some action. It had dinosaurs, even if they're garbage, and it had a flow to it. You didn't get any, like, let's hang out here for a while and just talk about things. Well, you know, you can tell why that is, because this is, we've been saying it all the way through this, but this is very clearly four episodes of a failed TV show. Huh. So, uh, I think, I think, yeah, 1.5 out of 5, that's gonna, that's gonna do her for me. So, 2.5 out of 10, there you go. That is the official rating for your The Hunter from the Future. Now, I want your, I also want your rating on a 1 to 5 scale for the song Yours World by Guido and uh, Maurizio De Angelis. Okay, Yours World gets... I'm giving it a 4 out of 5. It's not perfect, but it's catchy and fun. It's, and I fucking love any song that is about the movie that it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, If you, this movie is like an early example of a film being Will Smithed. Yeah. The thing is, it's wrong all the way through. So whoever wrote it just didn't see the movie or, you know, they probably no, were lucky they saw enough. the trailer and yeah. they're like, oh, okay, I can do that. There's a line in the in the song where they identify him as never seeing the sun. Huh. 
No, it's metaphorically. He never sees the sun. Well, he never because, sees his own sun. Because, because he never sees the light. Because he's a murderer. Well, it's because he never sees his own sun. Because after he impregnates women, he kills them. <laughs> uh, or he leads them to be killed, anyway. One of those. You know, one of yours, those. Yours giant dick is the answer to this question. So, uh, alright, there you go. I guess that was yours world. That was your world. That was Bobby's world. That was Bobby's world. Featuring a young Bobby... McGee. McGee. Who, wait, who was the actual Bobby in that? It was... That was, uh... That was... What's his nuts? From, uh... The, the guy. The... From Deal or No Deal. That guy, yeah. Yeah. The, the guy who inflates the balloon with his face. Yeah. The, 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 the It's a glove, I think. Yeah, it was, uh... uh, uh Bobby McFerrin. That Bo- was yeah, it. Yeah, Bobby Moynihan. Yeah, Bobby Moynihan. There we go. We got it. <laughs> we got it. We got it there. happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Bobby Moynihan's world. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, thank you so much for listening to Movie Mastery. If you've got a movie that you want us to review... It's Bobby Cannavale. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) If you've got a movie you want us to review, go ahead and send us a message at systemmastery at gmail.com. You can go to the systemmasterypodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter, at System Mastery. We are System Mastery on Facebook. And anywhere you want to suggest something for us to listen to. And check out all the other podcasts we've got going on. The System Mastery Podcast. The Afterthought Podcast. We've got a Patreon if you want to support us here. And you get some bonus content from the System Mastery Podcast whenever you support us. So thank you so much for listening. Be sure to check in next time where we'll review something that we roll randomly we have no idea we really do roll these randomly and would never have watched yours world if we didn't absolutely have to oh yeah the amount of shit that we have watched instead of the cool things that are on our list it's just sad that list has the twin peaks movie on it i know right and yet we're watching yours world we're watching yours world and wing commander i hate all of you listeners so much (laughs) good pick though good pick (laughs) All right, thank you so much, and have a great week.